Welcome to Uplifting Humans, where we honor, empower, educate, and inspire the listener. I'm Solyndron Buller, your host. Today, we will be hearing about bioenergy healing from Trisha Ramprasad. She offers energetic balancing of human biofield to help reflect all of you as a whole rather than parts of you. Her diverse background includes working in the healthcare field, classical dance, design, and a lifetime of meditation. Welcome, Tricia. Hi. <laughs> so excited. You're on, on, on Uplifting Humans. So let's get started. Yeah. Please share your journey up to this point and how you've discovered bioenergy healing. Well, you know, life itself is uh, quite a journey. <laughs> yeah. um, the interesting thing is um, I was an only child for the first 12 years of my life. And so I had a lot of time to be on my own. <laughs> yes, yes. And, um, you know, as much as, you know, your family tries to keep you entertained along the way, you spend a lot of your time on your own. And so I would spend a lot of time thinking and inferring. Yes. A lot of quiet time. Yes. And um, one of the things I came to understand at a very young age, I'm talking like five, six years old, um, was our very ability at, for great potential. Um, I haven't shared this much with anybody, but I guess I'm sharing it with you now and all Thank your views. You. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. It's about being authentic, so bring it all out. Here we go. <laughs> um, but when I was very young, I had taken a single step. I was walking on my own um, in our backyard. This was in South Africa. And I took one step. And as I put the, my foot down to complete that step, I had experienced all of time in that moment. And I understood that all of time was happening at the exact same time. Wonderful. How old were you? Anybody. <laughs> yeah, but, and, and, you know, thank you for doing that. And how old were you then, Trisha? I would have been, I'm, I keep trying to think, and I'm about five, six year old, years old at that time. Wow. And I remember the visuals that hit me. Hmm. Um, it, it was just... I saw a battle that had been fought. Mm. Um, I saw the quickening of time. Mm. I felt myself quicken through time. And it just was this minute understanding that whew, yeah. all of time is happening right now in this space, right now, right here. Wow. Wow. And <laughs> was anyone around at that time? I was alone. <laughs> you were alone? Of course you were. in the backyard. I would always get into, go on these walks in our backyard and just start to look at the sky. I was, <laughs> you know, looking at the sky, wondering about the world, about my life. I was a bit of a strange child, if you think about it at this time. <laughs> oh, no, it, definitely not strange. You were well beyond your years. You were, you were probably a crystal child born before the time. Right. And how wonderful was that? Now, were you ever afraid, Trisha? You know, um, fear is not something I've harbored oh, lovely. in my childhood, in my adolescence. I think in adulthood, as life starts to get you, get around, you start to fear things. 
Yes. Um, that comes down to environmental conditioning. Yes. But um, as a child, there wasn't much I feared. I, I can't think of anything that I truly feared. Mm. I cared deeply for people and for my people, yes. uh, my parents, my family, my friends. And so I would make decisions or behave in a way that would put, be protective of them. Yes. But I never feared anything. Mm. Now, did you feel that uh, your parents had uh, some form of upbringing in this? Or was this just this innate understanding that you had? Well, my mom, for sure. Um, she's a wonderful woman. <laughs> yes, yes, I know she is yeah. an incredible being. Uh, she was always, she always had the spirit of, um, it wasn't a rebellious spirit, but she herself was always into trying to understand the newest and latest things that were coming, the newest information. Like she had books of, by Edgar Casey hidden in a corner somewhere that she would refer to every now and then. And, I was recently talking to somebody about a book that she had of Atlantis and it had these incredible pictures and I would, I would just like marvel at them as a child. So mom was herself very aware. Yes. You know? And so that definitely impacted my, my childhood. It made yeah. me aware. Yes. Right? Yes. Wow. Isn't that incredible? So continue on. So you're the five-year-old connected child, afraid of nothing mm -hmm. and plenty of time to be in your little workshop, thinking <laughs> and planning and doing what you do. Right. Um, so I grew up um, in the Hindu tradition of faith. Yes. Um, and, you know, we, we would meditate a lot. Mm. One of the things that my mom actually instilled in me as a child was, you know, the pantheon of deities that we worship in Hinduism. She'd be like, think of them as your family. Mm. You know, um, they all have all these secret powers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, when you need advice about something, you go say Ganesha, you know, to overcome an obstacle and you go and get advice from Ganesha, you know. Right. And um, Saraswati was the uh, mother goddess of knowledge and the arts. And so if you need advice or guidance, you go to her. Mm. So I would spend also a lot of time in our prayer room. We had a dedicated prayer room. Nice. And I would sit there and I would have conversations with these deities. <laughs> as beautiful as that, you know, to be given that amount of freedom. As you know, a lot of children are raised with, uh, you know, parental controls almost, I call them, yes. where your every breath is regulated by a parent saying, you should breathe this way, not that way. <laughs> so that was quite unique for you. That's a beautiful, beautiful time, obviously. My childhood is a very happy time, for sure. <laughs> yes, yes. So Zoom forward. So I would sit in this, med in this meditation prayer room and I would have these conversations and I understood from that early on stage that these deities represented really the powers that we have within ourselves. And we needed to put it out there outside of us, first of all, to understand what the great gifts are Yes. But because my mom had taught me that you don't need to worship, you think of these deities as your family, I understood that if they're my family and they have these great powers and these great gifts, then I do too. 
wonderful. What a beautiful connection. So this has been my upbringing and I've never ever had a sense of, oh, um, a hierarchy with people. I've never idolized people. I've always understood that each person is out there doing their thing, their specialty, spreading their gifts, living their full potential, hopefully, on this earth. Yes, yes. So as life takes you along this path and you start to learn about things like bioenergy healing, I remember sitting in my first class for bioenergy healing and Michael Dalton was speaking about all of these all of your your personal power and the energy we have and I was sitting there in the second row going yes 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 because it spoke to everything I already knew yes I was a part of a part of your own understanding yeah and so what is bioenergy healing so bioenergy healing really is well bio because of the bio field okay it's the the biome the human biome Okay. So, uh, biology, you know, the body. Okay. Yes, yes. Bioenergy, energy being that we're all made of energy and everything is energy. Um, there's tons of wealth of information, studies on all of that out there. Yes. Um, but when it comes down to it, it's frequency. It's really mm. wavelengths. Wavelengths. Yeah. That's how energy behaves. You right. Know? Right. Um, Super high frequencies are high energy and lower frequencies are on a lower wavelength. Okay. So everything from the speech we speak to the way we carry ourselves to light energy, it's all energy. And sometimes it can be a bit of a stretch for people to understand um, that energy is something you can't see, but we're made up of it. Well, I'd ask them to think of their cell phone. <laughs> You know, Wi-Fi, we use it all the time. It's there. We can't see these wavelengths going back and forth, but it's there. Yes. Messages back and forth. You know, the electrical energy, the lights we have. And how does bioenergy healing work, Tricia? So bioenergy healing works um, quite simply. It's a system of um, hand movements. We use our hands, be fats. <laughs> um, and basically, we open our heart, we open our chakras, and become a conduit, almost an instrument for the universal life force because we are one and part of it. Right. I can use it on myself, and more often, I use it on my clients. Um, so, when you open yourself up, I call my guides in. I ask them to cooperate with the guides of the person in front of me to serve the greatest and best interest of the person in front of me. And I start to move my hands to unlock their chakras. And then I start to sense. And each person is just different. And every person can do this. I, any, I would challenge anyone who tells me, oh, I can't do bioenergy healing because we're all energy. So probably it's just a matter of awareness. Basically, I just run my hands along a person. And then I start to sense what area needs healing. First, I will work on the chakras as a whole. And then I go in for localized treatment. Now, yeah. each 
some people will get a message. Some people just purely sense, I sense I'm attracted to certain areas and I'll start to work on those areas. But it doesn't matter what your messaging is. It's just that you have to be open, open your heart, open your mind, open your soul and be willing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to be of service to yourself and the person in front of you. That's all it is. And so it's a, it's a, um, it's a healing modality that you can use on yourself as well as others. Can you use this on pets? Absolutely. Um, in the training, we teach, we teach um, people how to treat their pets and we see amazing, amazing results. Um, with pets, it's a little bit tricky uh, because they don't always listen. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You know, with, with, my, with my human clients, <laughs> I can tell them to stand still and, you know, I do allow them to move as the energy moves through them because they will feel jolts of energy as things get unlocked and free. And sometimes they'll feel the energy actually go lightning speed right through them. Mm. And in all the healing, it doesn't matter. It's, the important thing is not to be an obstacle in your healing path. You know, so if the energy is moving, you don't stop it. Let it, let it flow. Let it go. If, it, if you're pulled forward, you go forward with it. It's just the energy traveling. That's all it is. But so pets do you, don't listen. <laughs> pets don't. Well, and sometimes people will beg to differ because uh, their pets listen and the human doesn't listen. <laughs> so well, there's that too, right? Yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. I was um, treating uh, one of my clients and um, <laughs> so I was there for her, but she had a very curious cat. <laughs> okay. So every time I would go over, I would be treating her and it just so happened that one day I turned around and then there's this, the cat's paw is like right here. <laughs> he wanted healing too. He was literally like pouring at me to like, give me, give me, give me. <laughs> so I turned around and I did a little bit of healing on him and he was very happy and she was amazed because he never ever stood still, but he loved it. And the purring sounds coming out of this cat were phenomenal. <laughs> wow. Well, it obviously makes a huge difference. Uh, and especially if an animal can communicate by making different sounds that yes, they are feeling something. Yes. Just like they can hear beyond and see beyond what we can. Yes. Now, do you teach bioenergy healing, Tricia? Or is that something that somebody would go to school for? And if so, where would they go? Um, so yes, I do teach bioenergy healing. There's quite a few of us practitioners um, and there's a few teachers as well here in Vancouver. I'm one of the teachers and every so many months or so we have a level one class. Um, I haven't yet set the dates for the, for the next level one class, but for sure I teach it. Um, and in the level one, it's really about understanding what we mean by I am energy. Yes. <laughs> Yes, yes. It's really about feeling that I am an energetic being mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and understanding that I can use these techniques on myself. Um, I remember after my first bioenergy class, actually, it was a, it's a full weekend class and I'd come home the next day from work. It was quite late, but I was really, really wanting to make my own food. And so I was in this bit of a hunger mess going on up here. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I was piling this casserole dish full of stuff. And I piled it in all the way to the top, put it in, covered it, put it into the oven. Didn't even think anything about it. And then I started to feel like a burning smell, a smell of burning, uh, some smoke in the air, opened the oven, realized I had placed the, um, 
the casserole dish too far up on the very top rack, which is where my actual element was. Uh-oh. I went in there to remove the foil and try to like move things around because things were spilling over. And my, my, my two fingers, these two fingers had actually gotten stuck on the heating element of the oven. Oh my. Yes. And oh, oh painful. <laughs> So I pulled it out when I, as soon as I was able to, but the damage had already been done. And I could actually see on this finger, I could actually see um, like way, way down through the, through the skin. It's kind of gross. And I caught myself just for a moment. I was like, before you try to cool it down, just try that technique that you just learned. (laughs) So I did. Um, We always say do it 21 times on your, on your, on your localized treatment area. So I did it. I was quite traumatized by the whole experience, shut the oven off, took everything out, went to sleep. Mm-hmm. Woke up the next day, rushed to work, forgot about everything that happened the night before. Yes. Rushed to work, about halfway through the day, I'm washing my hands at the sink and I'm like, what was it about my hands last night? Something happened with my hands last night. Oh. <laughs> so I'm standing at the sink, I'm like, oh, my fingers. And so my friend walks by and she's like, what, what's going on with you? And I'm like, I burnt my fingers last night. She's like, yeah, so they're fine. I'm like, no, you don't understand. I could see flesh. They, it was burnt through. And here I was standing there with two completely healed fingers. She's like, you're not making any sense. I'm like, you don't understand. It was burnt through and through. Yeah. And in that moment, I understood immediately that these techniques what? I had just learned it and I had just used it on myself. Wow. I was sold right then and there. <laughs> right. That's right. How, how beautiful is that? Now, you spoke uh, of your own emotional, physical traumas. Right. Are you able to share any of those emotional, physical traumas with us? Well, yeah. And then how you've been able to overcome or treat yourself of mm-hmm. whatever that was? Yes? Yes. Perfect. Great. Please. <laughs> So, um, you know, as a child, you grow up and, you know, like I said, you know, I had a very happy childhood, but there were some bumps in the way as, as they do happen. Um, there's, there was a sexual trauma when I was a young girl. And um, for quite a while, I had held a lot of guilt in myself for it, for allowing it to happen. Mm. And I think a lot of young girls do that. Of course, because in your mind, you don't comprehend and understand life completely. Exactly. So even though I had a fairly happy childhood throughout, there was just this one little mark on my, I think I was about seven years old. Um, and I never, I never shared it with my mom because we had moved to a whole new city and we didn't have many friends and I again I felt bad that my mom might lose the little friends that she had so I kept it to myself but I also put up my own boundaries yes and so you start to develop um, sort of a wall around your heart and that guilty feeling that you carry in your life Mm, that's right when you think that you are the one that caused this to happen when actual fact you were not the one that caused that to happen exactly yes 
unfortunate, so unfortunate. I've had, I've had other speakers on the show, and I know exactly what you're speaking of, and 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 the situation that you know you can go into is 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 never ending. I mean, you can carry it, and you can go through all sorts of trauma treatment, emotional baggage that you carry is there's just layers and layers of it so how how did this then move forward how did you end up treating yourself right so the interesting thing that happens is if you don't deal with deal with deal with it as i'm sure you've um, found the same thing from all the other people you've interviewed is that it it carries forward in your life and it manifests in many different ways. And it has to do with the attitudes you have with yourself and your environment as a result of it. Yes. Yes. Um, So when I was in my teen years, I developed an autoimmune disorder because I had this deep guilt in me and I felt so ugly about it. Mm. Now, were you here or were you still back in South Africa? South Africa. We immigrated to Canada when I was 12 years old. I was about 10-ish. I think it was 10, 10 and a half, somewhere in there. I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder. And the thing is, I remember standing in the doctor's office and Mm -hmm. my mom was to my right and the doctor was just in front of me and he had... He had this look on his face like, oh, he, I remember him saying, okay, I'm so very sorry. And it's not curable because it's autoimmune. And I remember looking at the both of them and from going from one to the next and back to him and thinking in my head, this is madness. Here is this old man <laughs> telling my mom, he was like in the middle of her age, like dooming me to a life that he knows nothing about. Yeah. You know? Wow. I, I remember having this, it, it's vivid to me standing there and thinking, how could he possibly know what the future holds? Yes, yes. He's just yep. diagnosed. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, you know, I mean, obviously it's profound that at that age, you were able to be thinking right. at this level that this, you know, doctor who doesn't know me is right. telling, you know, my mother's and, and, and making her afraid of the exactly. possibilities of the future. Wow. Right. And then, and then. And I was personally a little bit mad at him because how could he give my mom, make my mom cry in this moment? Oh. Like he's like basically dooming her life too, because now she's got to carry the weight of this. And I remember thinking, oh no. This is, it's just a minor thing. (laughs) But I also much later in my life from about seven, eight years ago, realized that that autoimmune disease actually manifested as a result of the guilt and the ugliness I felt about myself. Yeah. That, and that's a huge one for a lot of people in our audience. That's a huge one. Yeah. It's amazing how something that was, that, that, you know, you had to deal with in life, now all of a sudden you've taken responsibility for, and yet you had no control over it. At right. seven years of age, how could you possibly have control over it? 
Exactly. That was the innocence and the ignorance of a little child, you know? <laughs> yes, yes. But, you know, so it went from the sexual trauma to the autoimmune disorder. And then when I was about 16 years old, um, I got sick out of nowhere. Mm. Uh, to this day, not a single doctor has been able to diagnose what happened to me at that age. But I was confined to my bed for a number of months. And, you know, simple things as taking a shower, going to the bathroom, my parents would have to carry me from my bed to the bathroom. Oh, my. Yes. But I was basically shutting down and nobody knew what was wrong with me. Ah. And so at yeah. what point, at what point, like, and I can only imagine as a parent myself, what your mother must have been going through at that precise moment. Yes. Um, explain to me what your mother, obviously, you know, you say you'd had a prayer room back in the old country. I'm sure she probably had something similar here in Canada. Yes, we had a meditation room here in Vancouver. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, we always had a dedicated room wherever we lived. <laughs> very nice, very nice. And, you know, that was a time in our family where we had gone deeply into meditation. Um, I, uh, at the time, I was fully committed to being of service. Hmm. And our family was going through a transition where we were trying to be of great service by joining a meditation group. Um, and so they were, we were fully in this. Yes. And the, at the time, because of the meditation and all the time I had in my childhood to really think quietly, I had actually made peace with death. I understood and our family my mom for sure understood that death was just a passage to another life. We had a very, very wide awareness and we were quite awake to this. Yes. So everybody was very, very strong, <laughs> putting on a very, very strong front. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So um, at what point did you end up sharing what you had, what trauma or emotional mm -hmm. turbulence you had gone through with your mother? Or did you ever? I never did share that first trauma with you, with her. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, yeah. But um, I do remember, because I was 16 at the time, and mom was doing everything to keep the family together and somehow hold herself together. Oh, of course. You she know? had her cape on. She, oh, she was superwoman. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And she never let it show, not once, that she was afraid. But I caught her once. <laughs> so I remember thinking, I remember she had come into the room to change my water jug. And she didn't look directly at me, but I could see it in her eyes. And I remember thinking, wow. She has done so much in her life for me because, you know, she had her first marriage. She left that first marriage for the betterment of her child, me and herself, but mostly for me. Yes. 
And then she, you know, she worked so incredibly hard, like she was completely dedicated to her family. And then she met someone else, got married and started a whole new family with us, you know. Then we moved across the world again to, for the betterment of her family, yes. you know. Yes. Service, 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 never really thinking of herself. So much sacrifice. Mm. You know? mm. And I remember thinking when I caught her eye in that moment, she's done so much for me that if I leave this life in this moment or in this time, she literally will have no purpose here either. Like it would kill her soul to be here at this mm. time. Mm. And you're how old at this moment, at this uh, time? time? About 16? Definitely 16. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and, you know, speaking on behalf of other mothers out there, um, amazing at, at that beautiful teenage stage that somebody <laughs> would be, you know, having these conversations internally. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, and then, so what exactly happened after that? Well, I'm here now. So what happened is... <laughs> You found a way. You found a way. And this is, the, this is the part where I truly understood the power of will. Yes. And because all I said was, I had a conversation. Because all this lying down I was doing in my bed, <laughs> I would have these conversations. Of course. And making peace. And I remember thinking... Before I had met my, my, my mom's eye that moment, I remember thinking, if this is all there is for this lifetime, I am good. It's okay if I need to move on. I made peace with death. But when my mom walked in the next day and I caught her eye, I understood that I needed to be here in this lifetime. So then I said, I had another conversation and I said, I want to live. Nice. I have to do. Yes. And I actually started to get well. Okay. Everybody came back. Mm. I didn't have, like, everything started to come back. I started eating again. I got, I was like crazy hungry. <laughs> of course you were. <laughs> of course you were. Of course you were. But it's because I chose to live wow did you ever have did you ever have a conversation with your mother mm -hmm. in regards to all of this i did have a conversation with mom where i spoke about i said to her you know mom i spoke to god and i said i was okay to go and she said oh <laughs> you could do that to me <laughs> pretty much right yeah. Wow. And, and I said, but then I, I chose to come back because I know we have more work to do together. And of course you do. Yeah. And so you've, you've discovered bioenergy healing. I know that uh, you work in the healthcare field. Yes. Which is awesome. Um, so that's a huge give on your part because that is not an easy task by no. any means. And I know that you're a passionate classical dancer. Yes. <laughs> oh, gosh. So in that moment when I chose to live, 
Yes. I said, what will I do? Yes. And this voice from inside said, I want to dance. <laughs> That's that moment when the dancing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I want to dance. So the funny thing is, it had always been my mom's um, desire to be a great dancer. And so as a child, I felt really forced into these dance classes, the Indian classical dance classes. And when we moved to Canada, I, I started taking classical dance again here. And I was stuck in that beginner's class for years. Okay. I never moved past it. Like everybody else was moving on, <laughs> learning new things. But because my attitude was, well, I don't really want to be here. I mean, sure, it's fun to dance, but it's not my greatest desire. Yes. Because I was conditioned to think, to believe that this was my mom's uh, world. Okay. Okay. But when that voice in me said, I, I want to dance, it was very much my soul speaking, the spirit of who I am. Mm. I was able to like go right through every level and graduate with just a couple years, within a couple years. I went from beginners all the way to intermediate to the very senior level, then learning from the greats in the world, just like shoop, straight through. <laughs> wow, amazing what can happen when you open yourself up. Now, how, how do the arts help? How do you feel that the arts help your bioenergy field? So I believe that everything especially the arts, has its place. Like, as humans, we are incredibly intelligent. Right. And we have chosen things like food and the arts, including music, painting, dance, to fulfill our lives. I mean, if we really just needed food, we could just have, like, basically rations on a daily basis, and that would be it. But we choose to enjoy food. We yeah. want flavors. You know, we want different experiences. It's part of the human experience to dapple in all these different things. The arts are so important because not only does it enrich the human experience of the spirit, yes, but what it does on a healing level, it allows us to tap into our subconscious. So what brings joy to us opens us up. Yes. Wow. Okay. Joyfulness is one of the higher frequencies of being. Yes. But sometimes we got to go in and just allow the spirit to express. And it may show up on a painting or in a dance as a very dark thing, but mm -hmm. it needs to come out. We yeah. need to release it. And mm -hmm. it can be so insightful to the spirit and what it's experiencing. That release is so important. And it, it helps you gain insight. For me, it helped me gain insight as to what happened to me as a child. Mm. Because, you know, I had put all these walls around me. I mm -hmm. put all these boundaries, you know. So when I'm dancing, when I was dancing and I truly chose to dance truly for myself as, as a human expression, the walls were breaking down. And the movement that was coming out of me Today, that movement is not even, wouldn't be classified as classical Indian dance anymore. I just think of it as movement and spiritual dance. Mm. Because it's the soul truly expressing. 
through also release some of the dark stuff that was in there and now the walls aren't there anymore it's so insightful it doesn't matter what medium you choose but the arts are absolutely important to the human experience of course of course otherwise it would be a very black and white gray kind of world so yeah no definitely i i mean i've seen i've seen some of your your incredible art you know that 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 you have in clothing and in design and all of that of course that's a very um uh needed and necessary element of life now can you um share with us i know that you say you can create a life of fulfillment with known and unknown potential you know and obviously you know there might be someone who doesn't understand what do you mean unknown potential you know to them an unknown potential is something very scary Mm -hmm. um what would you suggest to help them understand this or could you clarify it a little bit further um so We only know, we are only aware of what we are aware of, you know. So the spirit has chosen this human experience. So we're in this body, living out our lives, experience after experience, interacting. And we've created this world, a very wide bubble of what we do know. And we're interacting through this bubble, bumping into other people's bubbles all the time. And sometimes opening the bubble and allowing other people into ours, you know, excuse me, but we are only aware of what we have shaped this bubble to be. Unawarely or uh, knowingly? Unawarely, I think. I'm quite quite certain that we we came into this world as babies. You know, and we were just like, oh, I got to learn this. I got to learn to eat. I got to learn to walk. You know, I got to behave. And oh, there's something called principles and morals. And society has all these expectations of how I should be. Yes. You know, oh, I'm a girl. I'm a boy. I've got to, my hair's got to be like this. I've got to wear these clothes. I've got to speak like this. So, you know, there was a lot of, there was a huge learning curve when we came into this world. And we have to just learn, learn, learn so much. And in all that learning, we created a very, very wide range of a bubble. Yes. But there's an entire universe out there that we are completely unaware of. Mm. You know? And it And that's your unknown potential? And that is what you're referring to. Okay. And it's not it can be scary for some because peering outside of what you are aware of can can make you think, oh my gosh, but what if? You know? Yes. What if what I see I don't like? Well, if you don't like it, you just come back. It's okay. <laughs> yes, yes. No, I totally, I totally get it. You know, you're you're limited by your understanding, your experience, your knowledge of whatever. And beyond that lies your unknown potential. Yes. Very nicely put. Now, you work on clients' energy fields and energy centers to bring about an environment that promotes and heals within their body. Can you give some examples of how you're changing the environment in order for this to happen? For sure. Um, So when we work on the energetic field, well, actually, let's take a step back. We're going through life and we've 
our behaviors, our attitudes, our thinking has really made up our field. You know, we have chosen certain things, we have chosen belief systems, and that has become, <coughs> excuse me, our sense of homeostasis, our, our sense of balance. Or sometimes imbalance, which is what happens when we, we haven't dealt with the emotional traumas, or when we've actually put it so far away that we are unaware of it. You know, and then we start to develop mysterious allergies, perhaps, or a, an illness or a skin issue or something. We start attracting weird things in our bodies that we weren't, we weren't there before. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know? And we're like, well, where did that come out? I was just going through life happily and all of a sudden, bam, you know, I've got, I've got this weird rash on my hand now. <laughs> What's up with that? Well, we, we now know that, and there's a wealth of knowledge out there, that our beliefs shape our energetic field because mm -hmm. we're actually putting out certain wave waveforms that are attracting whatever into your field. Right, right, no? right. So what we do with bioenergy and it doesn't have to be the modality. There's a pantheon of modalities out there. But addressing your energetic field is absolutely important because what it does, it takes the field, your body that you've been living with and brings it back into balance. It helps remove the energetic blockages that were put there by per se your emotional trauma or a very rigid belief system that you've had about yourself, we start to open that up, clear that up. And now the environment that your body is functioning on is different. You've changed the environment for the genes that were actually expressing the illness. And if you've changed that environment, as you and I know, you change the expression of your genes. That's, that's right. That's right. And more on a physical level, I know that uh, there's an understanding that if your body is more alkaline, it's prone to more aches, pains, and illnesses and ailments. Whereas if it's more, you know, sorry, if it's more acidic, I should say. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. More, yeah, no, it's the reverse. If it's more acidic, Right. It, it will create havoc in your body, in your physical body. And if it's more alkaline, of course, you know, you're going to feel much different. Yes. Now, um, you work with meditation, you work with the energy field. Uh, and are there many different meditations that people, you would prescribe meditations? Is that how that works? Yes. Uh, so when I work with my client, I um, actually come together and we do th three different things. Yeah. Um, we do wisdom of our ages, which is helping understand and gain insight from your past traumas. Right. Okay. So that requires quite a little bit of cracking open of yourself <laughs> and a right. willingness to go there. And the other parts are the bioenergy healing. So that actually rounds everything out. It makes it all happy and helps the release from the emotional traumas that you've held on to. And then the other thing is the meditation. 
and I will design the meditation specifically for you. And I will teach you different techniques that would be beneficial for you specifically. I won't say, oh, this is my technique and this is what you should be doing. Right. We'll work together to develop techniques that will be beneficial just for you. So they're tailor-made. It's not a cookie cutter kind of operation, whereas many other modalities, uh, you know, have a, have a uh, long-standing belief that the body knows and understands and can do whatever it needs to. We just do this. Right. And so, whereas in, in, in your modality of uh, bioenergy, uh, it's not like that you work with the particular with the client, client. Yes. the client and and go from there well wow that is amazing that is absolutely incredible and i'm so glad that you were able to share some of the bioenergy healing uh information and work that you've done and um now uh we're coming to a close here is there anything else that you'd like to share uh to offer the audience in case they want to you know, anything we didn't cover and also where they can get a hold of you? Um, well, my email is the easiest way to get a hold of me. Um, okay, so it's uh, Trisha C. Rampasad, uh, T R I S H A C R A M P E R S A D at gmail.com. Um, you can also feel free to add me on Facebook. I'd be happy to be your friend. <laughs> Um, it's my phone number um, if you can email me and you express interest and I'm happy to share my phone number with you. Um, I also have my website, which you can get all my information from um, Trisha, T-R-I-S-H-A dash C dash Rampasad, R-A-M-P-E-R-S-A-D dot C-A. And so that's me. <laughs> um, but I think it's really important um, as a first step to understand that we all have wisdom. And there is a misconception that you have, would have had to lead a certain number of years of life ahead of you, or I have experienced a certain number of years, 70, 80, 90 years of experience in life to have acquired wisdom. And I would like to say that everyone, no matter how old you are, five to 105 and beyond within that whole range we all have wisdom and it's so important to honor your wisdom that's the first step to understand that you have it in you and honor it and then go forward from there wonderful well, thank you so, so much, Tricia. It's uh, been great having you. We'll have you back again. And uh, maybe we'll do, uh, you know, a mastermind of sort, uh, bringing in, an, uh, you know, some different healing modalities. Maybe if you're doing a workshop and maybe we'll cover that live next time rather than having it so that it's a pre-recorded interview like this. But it has been a pleasure. And I want to thank you, and I want to say thank you to the audience as well.
uh, for tuning into Uplifting Humans, where we honor, empower, educate, and inspire the listener through real stories and expert advice. I'm Solyndra Buller, your host, and please do share uh, our website, upliftinghumans.com, with family and friends, and listen to past episodes as a pad as a podcast as well as a uh, YouTube version. Thank you so much. Until next time, have a wonderful day.